Mr. Wrigley, uh, Pete. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, we're thinking about getting a fish stuffed. Uh, how does it work exactly? Well, it's a complicated and very technical process, uh, Mr. Wrigley, so bear with me. First, we cut them open, yank out the guts, dunk them in shellac, and nail them to wood. Or we could use hot glue if you prefer. Gross. Beautiful. Mr. Wrigley, something tells me you're an action man. Am I right? Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And this is episode 111, mm-hmm. appropriately, for uh, our special guest, David Martell. Yeah. And who is David Martell to uh, those you who may know, not know? <laughs> you may know him better as Teddy Forsman. Yeah, from yeah. the adventures of Pete and Pete. <laughs> really awesome that he's into this and yeah. was willing to talk to us and yeah we uh I, I think the way this happened was we did uh two or three episodes ago we talked about the trouble with teddy um a great episode of pete and pete great episode of nickelodeon um i think we randomly just tagged him on twitter when we posted the episode and he just said like thanks for doing it and i was like oh well, we gotta t- <laughs> we gotta take a stab at it see if he'll talk to us um, and he really graciously agreed uh, to to talk with us, and so that's what we're going to do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk to him about everything from uh, how he got to start yeah. and uh, being his, on Pete and Pete yeah. and what he's doing now. Yeah, his whole acting career. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was really just gracious to take the time. Um, we hope you liked the interview, mm-hmm. uh, and if you stick around after, we're going to be talking a little bit about our favorite Teddy episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll do our top five and uh, share some of our favorite Teddy lines. Um, so, should we get into it? Let's do it. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> it's great one, to you. One moment. <laughs> uh, well, this is Joey. And I'm Andrew. And thanks for joining us on the Big Orange Couch. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, we're, Wonderful. It's, it's great to talk to you, too. It's great uh, to have you. We're really excited. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we'll just get started maybe. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about, like, um, your childhood where you grew up and um, just maybe what it was like for you uh, being a kid? Sure. Well, so I grew up as an only child hmm. and Philadelphia suburbs, uh-huh. Bryn Mawr, Radnor, Villanova, if you happen to be familiar with that. Uh, area and let's see i i I remember as it relates to your (laughs) topic uh i remember watching shows like saved by the bell and this is after having um of course in the context of being an only child this is after having 
been exposed to different kinds of creative uh, camps and kindergarten and preschool and things like that. Uh, that and, and different kinds of not not improv per se, which is has become sort of the uh, the theme of my acting and performance training. If there's if there's any connecting theme, but there was definitely I had some exposure to sort of imagine imaginative sort of play that might be similar to improv, right? In, in, yeah. in my younger years and growing up then when I was at the age where I was at least cognitive enough enough to watch those shows at a young age and realize like, Oh, those kids are actually uh, acting and and employed uh, on, uh, uh, on these, these uh, programs, not just, uh, (laughs) <laughs> they're not actually <laughs> these are not actually real characters but they're, you they're, know, they're, yeah, they're, they're still enjoyable it's still enjoyable to watch we can suspend our disbelief and, 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 and we'll watch them but you know as, as kids that's what we do we yeah. at a certain age we suspend our disbelief but you know, at, at a very young age we do that and we enjoy watching watching shows right and, and we do that at a quite a young at a quite a young age in order to enjoy watching TV shows we watch. Uh, so anyway, so what, as an only child to consolidate, uh, what I'm, what I'm getting at, I really wanted to get into this world because I thought it would be a really interesting way. And this is in retrospect to collaborate. Mm, Yeah. Uh, and create, which as I've gotten older, I realized are those two things are, my real motivators in life Uh creating and collaborating yeah but as a kid i i wasn't going to be a i knew i wasn't going to be a professional athlete (laughs) but something about that working in that professional environment uh and that aspect of play uh was really exciting to me and I went through the very the, the traditional way, uh, thanks to the support of my parents, t- uh, of of ultimately uh, get, getting the, the the role on P and P, and some other some other things that I did. So, so would you say like fr- pretty much as early as you can remember, you'd always been kind of like fascinated by acting, or like. Uh, uh, or oh, was there like a yeah. light bulb moment? I don't think there was a light bulb moment. Other things to, to, to fill in that that story, uh, there was video equipment. My dad, uh, who uh, worked a, a great deal in the world of communications and still does to, to some degree, had a lot of video equipment around our home growing up. And I used to make and edit videos and editing is mm. something I absolutely love doing and still do. Yeah. And so I would, before I, I got into sort of the auditioning world, which was in New York uh, and, and led to Pete and Pete, uh, 
I was was doing that. I was kind of creating videos and I was playing multiple characters in those videos. <laughs> and I, a little later on, if it comes up, I can tell you about a, a, a very silly one. But uh, <laughs> so so, yeah, there was a culmination of things that rather than one uh, sort of light bulb moment that was like, I want to do this. Uh, there was the various family influence hmm. uh, and interest uh, that, uh, you know, the, the, the na- nature and then, and then and nurture and all various things yeah. that were predisposed me to that interest. Hmm. Did you um, like push your parents into like searching this out or like did it just like how did that happen i guess yeah so i was i was talking to my mom about it recently and we we each have uh, some sort of differing opinions on the chronology (laughs) but uh i ultimately there was in the philadelphia suburbs there the closest big market is new york yeah. And that is still the truth. There's a lot of there, there are things that are shot in the Philadelphia area, but in terms of where the decisions are made, uh, it's New York. And, and but for the most part, it's 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 L.A. I mean, Atlanta, uh, there's a lot happening in as well. But L.A. is is really the hub of, of a lot of the decisions. Anyhow, that was the case back then. And. Uh, I was interested in figuring out how I, I could audition, but I really needed some uh, some more training. So I started taking classes in Philadelphia and did that for a while and then signed with a manager who was sort of a liaison, a Philadelphia manager who was a liaison to all the different New York agents. And... Then that really got me in uh, the door and started. Well, uh, how old? How old would you say you are? Because I'm trying to imagine like classes. You had, I mean, you had to be a kid, yeah. yeah? That yes, I was in my uh, mid-teens when I, uh, st- yeah, early mid-teens when I started. Uh, well, when I started auditioning, but when I actually was starting classes. Yeah, I was I was a teen, it was an early teenager like yeah. 13 12 13 when I was taking classes I, I was taking classes before but I remember taking like improv classes and things like that before my teens uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm I love I love improv and I, I'm actually in the groundlings program oh, cool. right now which is fantastic and that's yeah. uh, for folks who don't know it sounds like you know groundlings and it's a it's a great improv uh school out here in la yeah um oh cool so i guess um then like kind of taking classes and finding an interest how do you how do you end up happening upon like is pete and pete the first thing you happen upon or did you try other like a lot of people do commercials or (laughs) i was auditioning for a lot of different projects and spending time going between philadelphia and New York, uh, on the Amtrak or the connecting between the SEPTA and the New Jersey transit, uh, depending on sort of the, yeah, just the time of day and the options available. Uh, 
I, lots of different projects. I did voiceovers and I did some commercials. I, I auditioned for, yeah, all different things. Pete and Pete was one of the early projects I had auditioned for, if I recall. Uh, and soon after that was uh, working on that was college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess what would, uh, what was your experience working on Pete and Pete? And like, did you have any kind of feeling that, or any like knowledge that, uh, it was kind of resonating with people so much? It was very spe- it was very special to me. It really gave me uh, a yeah, it gave me a great part of my identity. Huh. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean it was special to me in, in many ways. And the, the folks, the, the cast and the crew and the people I met and, uh, and and folks who I'm still, in touch with today i mean it's 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 a really great extended family to be part of at the time i didn't i didn't know what what it was going to become uh and how meaningful uh it 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 would uh be to so many people and i i think i have my own every we, we each have our own perhaps idea of why a show strikes a chord yeah. uh and the, the for for the folks involved it a show can strike a chord because it, it's just connected to them in, in obvious reasons but but it, it has clearly struck a chord with uh with an audience in a in a great way and and i i have i, I have sort of my own theory on that uh which is uh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you well, if you ask. Um, no, I mean, I think it's sort of like I think it's there's three. I think there's like three aspects. I mean, I think for for one, and I don't. This this isn't necessarily unique uh, to the show, but I think it's it's the way that it did it. It advocated for individuality. Yeah. in an authentic way For and sure. i it, it it didn't do it literally but it did it in a way that even if if kids were who were watching it uh didn't even know what exactly that that you know that meant yeah you know, advocating for individuality it, it it worked for them it clicked with them and it it, it 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 had that meaning to them i think that's one 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 thing i think another thing is the time uh there was a there there's a, a a luxury that's now lost at the time that it aired and if you're fortunate to have been sort of yeah just just cognitive not to use that word again, but during that time, uh, there, we, we can't replace the luxury, which is not having the interruption of internet and smartphones. In order to yeah. to in order to to, re- to replace that, we actually have to make an active effort to to silence or put our devices in another room. 
right yeah. yeah so we don't we actually it's it's a luxury so the the generation of, of people and the age of the audience i think is the third right they, they were the last generation who uh who watched something and had this kind of thing to watch and also had that luxury at the same time and with that resonating with that kind of show resonating with them in that way yeah i think those th- all those things together i think it it it, it really created something that people are uh, are staying with, and so I don't know. That's that's sort of, and, and I've been thinking about this since, uh, yeah, or a, a, quite a bit, uh, yeah, over the last few days, just in, in advance of, uh, of our conversation. Mm. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, it feels like um, maybe the last generation that could, like, ruminate on the pop culture they were consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Andrew and I you know, pretty much for the last 20 years before we did the podcast, it's not like we wouldn't hang out and talk about Nickelodeon, you know, nonstop. But, um, the fact that we had so many years just to kind of like grow a fondness for it, um, you know, we would bring it up, you know, lovingly. We would, we would talk about Pete and Pete. We'd talk about Teddy or whatever it might be. And we'd talk about it lovingly where it feels like now the attention span, I mean, you're either like Avengers or you're forgotten the next day. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a real truth to the fact that our generation was actually given time to kind of like process the the Mm -hmm. stuff we were getting. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the whole, uh, kind of like, I feel like everybody working on Pete and Pete almost seems to me like a misfit of some sort. Um, did this kind of resonate with you at all? Um, how do you like see yourself in your uh, like how your um, evolution has gone? Yeah, I was a misfit in the in the sense that I didn't fit in much in the way or feel that I fit in much in the way that uh, the character I played uh, didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, d- didn't re- he was oblivious, perhaps, <laughs> to his not fitting in. Uh, and I, in terms of, I, I, I your question, I, I, as I'm thinking about it, I think it has to do with the perhaps people behind the scenes, and also the sort of the narrative of, of the show. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Both. Um. Yeah. It just seems like almost there's like this uh, thread between kind of everybody who seemed to work on Nickelodeon in that era. And then Mm -hmm. these people who it still resonates with now, like there's some, there seems to be some kind of thread of like, uh, of that not fitting in, I guess, among those people. Like they, it's almost like we all Mm. felt like alone Mm. in some sense. And that's how we kind of found each other. Yeah, that that rings uh, right. That's, that sounds <laughs> right, and and uh, it doesn't sound. It, it, yeah, it, it sounds like you're honing in on it, and I, <laughs> and I feel like I'd like to help you hone in on that. And uh, I need to reflect. I need to reflect because sure. I, you guys are very good at what you do. And I have no doubt that you can do it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, such a great help here, aren't, aren't I? No, 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 no. no, no. no. See, I'm not. I'm not 
<laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I would need to reflect. I mean, sure. there's something that it, it, it does make me think of a little bit about a question that I was thinking of before uh, we connected today. And it's what is it? what's the what's the the theme or what what's what connects the audience together um the loyal the sort of the loyalty of the audience yeah that i mean i definitely don't have an answer to that question because it definitely seems like a like a community form but Mm -hmm. like like you mentioned a community before there was ways for like mass amounts of people just to agree on something so mm-hmm. like, is it is it just like a certain like mindedness that some people are born with? Like, was I born to love Pete and Pete? <laughs> and you know, mm. we're, we're you know whatever whatever it is that it's giving me, uh, you know, it connects with how my brain works. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, go ahead. No, no, no. That's I, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm like lost down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the the sort of the most succinct thing that in terms of what the show uh did is is it being the way it advocated for individuality and then in the context of this for lack of a better term vacuum in comparison to what we have now which is the opposite uh we have this overload of information right and now the folks who were in that coming of age who had that and were craving something that advocated for individuality. Not everybody who was coming of age at the time perhaps was craving that based on their predispositions. Right. Yeah. But if you were craving perhaps that based on whatever your nature and nurture was, uh, and now you're in this time where there's this information overload unquestionably, right? Uh, then there's something about there's something about that, and that uh, that part can be a little bit more succinct. Yeah, no that that <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. um, yeah, that that's where the editor and. and May comes in and it's like, okay, let's let's figure that part out. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so our our buddy uh, Brett, who uh, does a lot of the artwork for the show, uh, uh, yeah. he he uh, asked us to ask you something, which is pretty much um, when you got the part on uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete of Teddy, did you kind of know from the start like what the character was supposed to be, or? does did it kind of evolve based on you the actor because teddy (laughs) teddy definitely i mean he's extreme from the start with like you know milk from the nose and whatever it might be but definitely by the third season there's there's a sense of um like really you the actor yeah uh yeah so i i had a a, a great conversation with uh will mcrobb about this the uh, co-creator of the show at one of the reunions, uh, Will is just an amazing guy. Uh, as as is Chris Viscardi, uh, and you know, I re- recall back when we were doing the show, like wondering whether 
the character was evolving <laughs> based on my quirks or idiosyncrasies yeah. or the right or the or the writer's own <laughs> uh, instincts or intuition and uh, per- perhaps it was both i don't know i i i really i don't think it, 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 that's an easy thing to figure out right. uh I, I'd like to. Hopefully, it was the, it was all the, all the writers. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was very fortunate to to. Ha- I mean, the the writing is unquestionably amazing, and I was very fortunate to be uh, to be there and you know get to get to work with and around them. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, our buddy Justin asked, just because like this kind of relates to it. He said, "Do you personally think you actually share any characteristics with the character?" I mean, that that could be a dark road oh, to go, go down. Absolutely. But... <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. Uh, I you like brewing I, sun sun uh, brewed I, I, iced oh, tea. Some of those things. Some of those things. You know, I like we. I like weird stuff. I mean, yeah. I. What sunbird iced tea? You know, I've have I done sunbird iced? I haven't done that before. But I'll do weird, weird things. I mean, I'm the what the what the that character uh, has done. It is is it's made me uh, very conscious. I think, uh, especially around that 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 time, uh, uh, because I was coming of age at that at that same time. Uh, but know. it made me conscious of not say overstaying my welcome, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if... Which maybe, which I I probably do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, maybe that that maybe that's an example. Who knows? <laughs> well. Um... You've been acting for so long. Um, is this your main, the main thing that you do with yourself? I mean, I'm refocusing uh, a good bit on, on it now. I, for a quite some time uh, after college, well, college and beyond, I was in other. Uh, other fields. I was in production behind the camera mm. and in marketing. So uh, I, I, I was doing some other projects uh, after Pete and Pete. But after that show, I went to college. And I didn't uh, I didn't major in theater. I went to Fordham uh, on the Upper West Side in Manhattan and wanted to, to sort of have, find some stability <laughs> yeah. uh, at least what what looked to some stability uh because as we as we know it's a it's a very challenging uh, uh career and yeah. yeah uh so but it's but this was a part of my uh life uh the uh, being in, in in this in this world and and the p and p was certainly a, 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 an important part of, of being in that world uh and i when i was in college i did a, i did a, a a series of voiceover series and i did a good good amount of voiceovers as well but um went into other you know worlds after but 
yeah, I, I now I am looking looking at it again and, and re re entering, which is uh, a big, big uphill climb. But it's it's exciting. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um I watched a couple of episodes of your web series, Casting Ahead. Um, oh, and I thought it was oh, good. Okay. I was laughing. <laughs> um, Thank you very much. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how it came about? And Yes. So uh, uh, Casting Ahead or Holly Spaces uh, oh, is an alternate uh, title for that, is a short form series that's uh, about one to three minutes in length uh, improvised that I, I created and uh, produced and, and edited. Uh, and it is very loosely based. The, the premise of the overall series is, is very loosely based or, or I mean, there's not a, no, really a premise. It's basically about a guy who, uh, who used to act as a kid and sort of starts, starts up his career again uh, as a adult. So that's that's the premise, and that's how the that's the like the fifteen second opening sequence. <laughs> yeah. So I did about I did about eight episodes uh, or so, each three minutes each, and that that's that's that that's that show. Uh, and uh, yeah, and it's all set in the casting uh, waiting room, and it's exaggerated things that might happen, but probably won't. But could yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a, in a casting waiting room, uh, and uh, uh, different friends of mine, uh, and I shot it. Oh wow! And cut it and had fun with it. Wow. Cool. Are you still working yeah. on that, or are you uh, anything new? That I I think had its 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 wrap. There might be a a little sort of mini sode uh, down the line for that, but I'm I'm working on some other short form projects and i'm for those who know the sort of the industry um and voiceovers i'm i'm something that i'm uh, that i'm also uh, working on that world so but you know, it's, it's about uh really making your own projects and uh and doing doing things like that but i'm I'm working more on editing and helping people uh, strategize their own short form projects, uh, which is something I really enjoy. Uh, so I'm continuing with that as well. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, well, just before we wrap up, just just some kind of quick off uh, questions. Um, sure. What is uh what's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> oh wow. Or or I guess I don't know, something you really like. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um okay. Favorite movie. Of, let's can we go through the other ones? Let me brew that <laughs> for, for a second. Uh sure. Do uh do you happen to have a favorite episode of Pete and Pete? Uh one that you like maybe think about the most or mm, Um and you can't say the trouble you know, with Teddy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, you know, one that was a, a, a memorable one to work on was Yellow Fever. Uh, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a great experience and a bonding one. Just working on that on that bus. I mean, it literally, we were all on that bus, and I think uh, we well, shot it in Staten Island. Uh, 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 and 
yeah. Damian Young like a super force. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was great. Uh, uh, he, he was he was fantastic to work uh, with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's 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 hilarious. Your your dilemma in that episode of trying not to eat your lunch uh, while traveling is a real. <laughs> it's a very real thing. It is. <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, maybe not with the protractor and the tools, which would be actually kind of cool to like learn to use. I, I don't know if I ever really learned like or remember how to use any of those tools. Uh, yeah. Um, what about like certain types of music you're into? Like a lot of people who watch Pete and Pete turned into, you know, quote unquote hipsters. But do you do you relate to that or what? What, uh, yeah. what, what kind of music are you into? I think I opened that it really opened the door to a lot of different music, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck in 93 for music. When I think <laughs> about music, I think about the year 93 and 94. Yeah. Uh, I listen to, I, I really like, I, I like eighties and I like nineties and I like, um, I like new wave eighties, nineties. Mm. You know, that means perhaps different things to different people, but you could, uh, I like the, I like REM. I like Tom Petty. I like Juliana Hatfield a lot. I love the Beach Boys, which sure. is totally out of those decades. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, no, all great. I yeah. think we're with you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, a movie's coming to me, uh, though I don't know if it's my favorite, but uh, you know, it's from when I was a kid. The Secret of My Success. Oh, love it. You, Michael J. Fox. You, yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, and I have the soundtrack, too. Oh, wow. Uh, believe it or not, I, I yeah. I don't, I don't, that is awesome. Not that the whole soundtrack's amazing, but there's some good stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> love a mention of Secret of My Success whenever it comes oh, up. yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'll have it's to great. check it out. Brantley uh, Foster, I think the guy's name is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is great. Yeah. Um, and then one one episode of Pete and Pete, Andrew and I are very fond of is um, Field of Pete. Uh, oh, I, I was wondering yeah. if you happen to remember what the orange Lazarus tastes like. <laughs> uh, the, the, you're, you're talking about the one like they actually had on set. I I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it was a orange uh, creamsicle like shape gotcha. thing. But no, but without the cream, you know, it didn't have a cream <laughs> to, to it because okay. that that'd be a little more complicated. But yeah, I think it was just like an orange Slurpee type thing. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have any... I'm being very technical. I'm being very technical <laughs> here for you guys. I want to be accurate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I got to be accurate here. Um, and then is there any other just like kind of cool stories from the set of Pete and Pete you might like remember or fond of um, experiences with actors or writers or directors? Hmm, that I'm allowed to tell. Let's see. <laughs> uh, 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 I mentioned Juliana Hatfield before. I remember having lunch with her and really uh, enjoying that. I didn't, and I didn't know, and I didn't know who she was at the, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, really, from that point forward, really getting into her music and becoming a big fan, and then um, <laughs> seeing her at some shows. Uh, following that like in years following that um i mean the 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 cast uh and crew and i've, I've stayed in touch through at, at through reunions with different folks from the cast and crew uh who were just at a wonderful 
group, as I as I mentioned before. Uh, and some of them are the, the creative team uh, are on the West Coast. Uh, Mike Morona and Dane Tamborelli, as you guys I may know are are both on the East Coast, but I've gotten to see them uh, at some reunions and uh, and and that's always really, really nice. And uh, they have their own uh, podcast series. Yeah. Our rivals. <laughs> no, oh. no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was a great experience to you know to be part of. Yeah, cool. And yeah. Well, we're we're so excited that you're you're still doing your thing because we are yeah. um, like we we've mentioned on the show, but like we just think you're just a great actor. Uh, your performances are always just really like nuanced and interesting. Uh, and, uh, we're excited that you're still like doing groundlings and, uh, we, we really wish you nothing uh, but the best. And, uh, that means a lot to me. Yeah. I really, pre- I really appreciate that. Uh, and, uh, and I know you guys do wonderful work. Uh, I know you'll keep at it. I yeah. Doubt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Thank if, you. Uh, if you want to ever call back in, we can talk philosophy or oh, whatever you want. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like that road we were going down. <laughs> that, I, I look, I, I, uh, I majored in media and communications and I, you know, geeked out on, on McLuhan who taught at Fordham, unfortunately, uh, years before I, uh, before I started there. But, uh, but if you want to, yeah, if you want to geek out on, on, uh, on philosophy and media, Look up Mc, McLuhan, Marshall McLuhan, because okay. that guy is cool. All right, I'll check that oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, it'd be a pleasure anytime. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here. This was surreal for thank us you. and just a once in a lifetime chance. So oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, take it easy. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was David Martell. Uh, just a pleasure. Yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, um, yeah, I love that. I don't know. He's just very open about it, not jaded by it, but like just embraces it totally. Um, and uh, we got to talk to him a little bit after we hung up. Yeah, uh, and just like yeah, super down to earth. Really cool, and just (laughs) super interesting to hear about his life and his experience with this stuff. Yeah, Uh, just very surreal. And everybody we've talked, I mean, we've mostly talked to like creators of the shows, yeah. but we've talked to him. We talked to Venus DeMilo. Uh, it's just cool that like, it's kind of, it's like, um, just like a natural part of, I think who they are, like, which is yeah. like this nonstop drive to be creative and do something. Yeah. Um, and sure. so like whether he's editing or doing improv, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just glad that these talented people are like still going at it totally. and not like, um, I don't know, in a cubicle somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and I like to think, like, uh, you know, the Nickelodeon stuff kind of uh, has given them some extra, like, uh, just visibility. Yeah, you know, yeah, for, for sure. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's weird, because, like, um, you and I have, since we were little, love Pete and Pete, of course, but there has always been that fondness for Teddy, yeah. the character of yeah. Teddy. Um, and, like all just the great little moments of Teddy. So like now talking to David Martell, it's just like a very, I don't think like right now I get it, but like maybe a pinch me moment of like, totally. (laughs) And you know, I don't know how many people could relate to it, but uh, 
And it's always, like, awesome to find out that, like, somebody like that in real life is really cool and nice just as a person. Like, it's just a nice... Just as easily could say, I don't want to talk about Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, uh, what's the movie he liked? What's it called? Um... My success. Oh, oh, the secret of my success. You don't know this? <laughs> no, no, no idea. <laughs> it's great. Michael okay. J. Fox comedy. Uh, I highly recommend it. As far as like, listen, uh, if you and David Mattel <laughs> recommend it, I'm, I'm going to check it out. All right. So as we usually do on these uh, shows, we like to kind of just have fun, rank, uh, the, you know, the episodes of the person we just talked to. Um, so we ranked our favorite Teddy episodes. Now he appears in 13 episodes of Pete and Pete. Yeah. Um, which is a good chunk. I mean, one third yeah. of the episodes. Um, so, d- what? How many did you do? How'd you rank it? Um, I did five. Okay. Uh, there was one that I couldn't find him in. I couldn't remember him being in it, and I couldn't find him in. And sometimes IMDb is not totally accurate. Um, okay. But now I can't remember which one it was. So. I think I know which one. So I ranked all thirteen. We'll okay. do the top five. Uh, okay. Right. I'll do top five, yeah. and then I'll share them. Um, but I definitely went back and looked for him. Okay. Um, so good, good. I, I definitely know which one you're thinking. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, so what's your number five Teddy episode? Um, my number five is On Golden Pete. Okay. Uh, this is when Pete and his dad go to catch this massive fish that's been around for a long time. Um, and te- they stop at Teddy. Uh, work who's working for a taxidermist. <laughs> He's a taxidermist, yeah. Then you might want to consider an action pose for your fish. There's ready for action, fighting mad, and uh, Milt's favorite, immortality. <laughs> it's just, it's like a short moment, but it's really great. Uh, yeah. Just the idea of thinking of Teddy working as a taxidermist is something about that's amazing. Totally. And his interaction with uh, his boss, like the boss guy, <laughs> the old like, just kind of weird. Uh, yeah, yeah, like lost in space. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like he's been doing it for sixty years, and this is all he can think about yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The background actors on Pete and Pete are really something. they really are. Um, well, it's my number five too. So, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, on Golden Pete. It's not an episode that I feel like people talk about a lot, but yeah. it's got a very like great like fall feel to it. Yeah. You know, on the on the pond, on the boat. It is. <laughs> uh, it's just got a great feel. But Teddy is really—he's uh, not in it very much, but he's got uh, just a great role in it. Um, I wrote down my favorite line uh, from him, which is, "Mr. Wrigley, something tells me you're an action man. Am I right?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, good. it's a brief interaction, but uh, I love just the idea that also Teddy is working yes. at this place. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, how did he get this job? Like, how did this happen? How did, yeah, how did he find the posting yeah. for taxidermy? Bob must be about 15 years old now. 15? You better hurry up and go catch him, Mr. Wrigley. Freshwater fish usually don't live past uh, 12. What? So, sorry, it's it, nature's way. Come on, Pete. We gotta kill Bob while he's still alive. Good luck. We'll be waiting for you. Uh, okay, so cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number four is Field of Pete. Uh, love Teddy in this one. I feel like he's not really in it that much. Mm-hmm. He's just got a couple short scenes, but this episode kind of like demonstrates how just, I don't know, 
powerful may not be the right word, but powerful his presence is. Uh, like, just, you know, just getting shots of him feels, like, interesting somehow yeah. in the episode, you know? Yeah. It's like, he's a really great, um, even just, like, bit player or main player. It's like, it's great. Um, well, this is very strange, because my four is also wow. Philippine. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I mean, he is a bit player in the episode, but, like, yeah, his scenes are kind of pivotal. I mean, he's, uh, he's the one that gets the team sick. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's not vaccinated. <laughs> or, wait, uh, wait, he gets the flu vaccine, yes, which gets yes, the team yeah. sick. And um, I just think of him saying, um... Watching Teddy turn into a Lazarus lapping jerk. Prosthetics take no prisoners! Hey, hey, son, slow down on that! What's up, I, I love how in this episode he like you get a kind of jerk Teddy a little bit. It's unusual, but I like it. Real cocky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's really strutting his stuff, even though he's terrible at base. Like yeah. <laughs> he has to wash Mister Naren's car, and um, yeah. so it's like it's not a ton of Teddy, but it's great doses yeah. of Teddy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, my number three. I feel like. Well, let's see. Yeah. I had. I. I picked. <laughs> Don't tread on Pete. Uh, <laughs> Bill's the master of getting milk to shoot out of Teddy's nose. So every lunch, Teddy wears a nose clip. That is, every lunch since the bath. And the guy says, it's just a small load, so I'll drop it here. <laughs> Bill says his new goal is to make milk come out of Teddy's ears. The kind of like real introduction of Teddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. We find out about his milk squirting <laughs> through the nose yeah. and through the ears. And, and that he know, has a nose plug on Yes. It. <laughs> I never really like appreciated that before. Yeah. Suddenly yeah. watching it uh, recently, like I was thinking, man, that was great. Yeah. Like that was really smart to yeah. have him wearing that nose plug the whole episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, it's on the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's my. I nodded at you, but it's my number yeah. three. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that that whole gag of the milk coming out the nose and then eventually out the ears is just like a very memorable one from yeah. Pete and Pete. Um, but there's other there's other great things in the line. I mean, he is. Or I'm sorry, in the episode, which is uh, Teddy is the one that uh, shares the information about Cecil Tucker, yes, the, uh, the the school janitor. <laughs> Um, and he has a line here where he tells Big Pete. Pete, I know somebody right in this room who failed one of Miss Beardsley's tests. Who? Cecil Tucker. The janitor? Yup. When he was 14, he was not a student. He was on the school paper. And he lost the election for class president just because it was a popularity contest. Just like you, Pete. He never was quite the same after that test. They say the fire in his belly just went out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is good. Uh, and then also he has like a little shtick in the lunch line with Juliana Hatfield uh, where he's <laughs> debating the meatloaf and jello. Like, <laughs> um, So, again, just little touches of Teddy, but very good. Yeah, just really, man, they knew how to use him. Yes, like, for uh, sure. Yeah. Um, okay, well, my number two... I'm fearful here. <laughs> Road Warrior. Yep. <I'm... laughs> 
Oh, oh man. Wow, okay. You know, I didn't remember this episode so well, but I rewatched it, and it's so good. And, yes. And Teddy... This is just, like, one of my favorite things ever is Teddy being matched up with en- Endless Mike. Yes. It's a perfect, like, back and forth. And that Teddy is the one character in the entire show that could be the thorn. Yes. And Endless Mike, yes. like, even Endless Mike can't figure out how to deal yeah. with Teddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so good. So you get, like, multiple shots of, like, of uh, Teddy dealing, of Teddy, like, trying to appease Endless Mike, kind of. Um, yeah. Like, the thing that I remember most is Teddy saving Endless Mike's parking spot. (laughs) And he comes back in the morning, and it's like he's got a whole plate and, uh, like, meal set up. Yeah. Welcome to the Mike Hellstrom School of Driving. Today's lesson, parking! Parking, great! The backbone of the driving experience. Whatever. You might want to write this down. Write it down! One, I'll drive home. Yeah. Two, you'll stay here. Yeah. Three, you'll guard my parking spot all night long. Yes! All right! Excellent! Ah, that's so funny. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's my number two. Uh, it's... For all the reasons I said, uh, he, I, I love the matching up of Endless Mike. Um, in this episode, Endless Mike takes Teddy under his wing for driving lessons. Everybody yeah. pretty much in this episode is getting like driving lessons. Uh, him guarding Mike's spot is so good. <laughs> him like relishing the idea that he could guard the spot. Yes, you yeah, know, enjoy. Yeah, it. he lo- like Endless Mike keeps trying to do these things to him like as punishments, but he like uh, you know takes the opposite uh, reaction to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, some of my favorite lines in this one is, um, oh, he says, parking, great, the backbone of the driving experience. <laughs> <laughs> and also, gentlemen, 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 start your engines, engines. <laughs> hey, Alan. How's it going? Doing okay with your grades? Why are you asking? Okay, so, I'm not doing that well with my grades. Wait till tomorrow everyone's so moody (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just great uh more that's a season three episode just kind of i feel like we talked to him a little bit about it but like maybe evolving like the character finally kind of catching up to him as an actor yeah i right before he said you're everybody's so moody it's a great moment of like ellen just getting really mad at teddy and pushing yeah. him up against the car like yeah uh, I love it. <laughs> yeah right even ellen's broken yeah. <laughs> well i'm sure we have the same yeah one. we i mean we have to yeah the uh the trouble with teddy yeah, sure. gotta be yep. i mean <laughs> one of the best episodes of the series let alone just teddy's episode. yeah uh just, I mean, we talked about it at length, but... Yeah, two episodes ago, if you didn't check out our episode uh, review, we definitely go through all the great quotes yeah. and all his, um, I don't know, just his choices in the episode. is they're, they're just great. Since we have done it, like, I've had multiple moments of, you know, um, just kind of, like, down moments or something, uh-huh. and I immediately think of Excellente. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah. So good. Uh, so many good lines. Um, well, I, I I did go through all 13 episodes. I really 
you know, the yeah. preparation of the yeah. interview. I know we didn't get into like the details of the show with him, which is not really, I guess, what we want to do. But mm. um, I wanted to really relish every sure. Teddy yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, so number thirteen, my the least Teddy is the one where he's almost you can't spot him. It's Range Boy. Ah, uh, um, yes, yeah. He's at the very end of the episode. One quick second, it cuts to him, and he says, "Pete, you're Range Boy," and then away from him. <laughs> but he's also like very young looking and uh, maybe easy to miss. Yeah. Um, so Range Boy would be thirteen. <laughs> uh, number twelve, I had Day of the Dot. Uh, mm. You know, not a huge part in this. He's in the band. Yeah. Uh, he has a great line about or about um, having duck feet, which was out of regulation for the band. <laughs> that the bandmaster told him he has duck feet. <laughs> Uh, number 11, X equals Y, where Teddy goes the extra mile for equations. Um, oh, and uh, I, I love the shot of him on the train. Yes. Like, to solve the train problem. It's perfect. <laughs> um, yep. And then uh, him also almost getting suckered into singing the substitute teacher song. Yes. Before, yes. like, kind of pulling yes. back on it. <laughs> uh, number 10, I had Tooler Die. Uh, he's the one that shares the theory on Mr. Slurm, which was uh, that, you know, explosives or, or a landmine in Vietnam may have blown off his hand. <laughs> and there's a lot of good reaction shots uh, for Teddy and Tooler Die. Number 9, I had The Big Quiet. Uh, and this is, there's a sequence in this episode where it's the only one I think where Teddy talks about his home life, where Teddy explains that he and his dad go to therapy and they talk with sock puppets. Um, and he has a quote here, which is, it's not so bad. You get to keep them afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which comes back later in the episode when Big P actually imagines his father as a full size. Yeah. Yeah. Number eight, I had time tunnel, uh, Again, brief in this episode, but uh, him and Bill, who's another great yeah. character, Uh-oh. they're out front of a convenience store, and Teddy's on the mechanical horse. This is the uh, doll hair? Yep. <laughs> Bill bet him uh, $1 that he wouldn't ride uh, the mechanical horse for a minute. Well, Bill bet me. He bet me I wouldn't do it. But I did it. Now pay me the dollar. I didn't say dollar, I said doll hair. Give me one doll hair. Come on, I want it! (laughs) Um, Number seven, which uh, David Martell brought up, is Yellow Fever for me. Uh, Just the whole coming up with a plan not to eat your lunch. That is really great, jeez. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, And in that episode, when he eventually does his entire lunch he ends up throwing his entire lunchbox kit into a hole and screaming i hate myself (laughs) uh and then number six i had what is maybe besides the trouble with teddy one of his bigger roles uh, i guess outside of trouble teddy and road warrior uh, which is pinned uh, yeah where teddy tries to help big pete navigate the wrestling team and avoiding endless mike that was a very close one for me um and it's very good it's a weird teddy episode it's like he's the like cool guy almost yeah like he knows the ropes yes yes yeah yeah and he's teaching pete what to do well he eventually there's a that great sequence where teddy pretends to be endless mike to get Pete prepared (laughs) but he's like really going hard at yeah yeah (laughs) and uh i should say his impression of endless mike is really good also yes it is really good um also right at the end of that scene he's like on the floor like uh, rolled up in a ball and he says excellent <laughs> yes 
<laughs> yeah, he's got like his head between his legs. Yeah, yeah, it's a faint accident. Yeah. Um, well, oh, man. crazy. I guess not crazy that we had the same top five, but um, that was the first same top five identical right? list. Yeah, yeah first, crazy. Yeah, but um, um, undeniably great. Yeah, just one of the greatest uh, secondary characters ever. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, love him. Yeah. I, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, that was a bunch of fun to talk to. Uh, talk to him yeah and uh absolutely. talk a little bit about teddy but um what are we doing next time around next week we're doing something a little special we're talking our own snick tapes mm. so in the same vein as the two snick compilation tapes that came out uh years ago yeah um and we're gonna put together our own compilation tapes yeah we did about a hundred episodes ago yeah. we did our favorite uh our dream snick lineup yeah but curiously, and I don't know why, we just did the show. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we didn't actually talk about what episode <laughs> we'd want to see. So this will give us our chance to kind of like redo that list yeah. a little bit. And hopefully maybe we have one or two people on. Um, if you have what would be your dream snick tape, uh, send it to us yeah. and we'll share it on that episode. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on uh, Twitter at BOC Podcast. We are on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can hear us on Podbean. You can hear us on iTunes. You can leave us a review. Um, Tell your friends, you know, if you've got people out there who also love Teddy as much as we do, uh, or Dave Martell, um, you know, let them know about this episode. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really was. I mean, one of the joys of my life, being able to talk (laughs) to Dave Martell about this. So, um, we'll be back soon for another episode. What? You didn't know that? Do you prefer David or Dave? You know what? It's funny. I either one. <laughs> uh, 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 there are some who have a real preference. Uh, you can call me Dave. Uh, either either one really is fine. Sometimes I tell people to mix it up and keep me on my toes. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll call you Dave, and Andrew will call you David. <laughs> Yeah, sounds sounds good. That was gonna, my next question. You've just answered. Uh, it's jo- so it's jo- it's Joey and Andrew I'm talking yeah. to. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah.